Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, Coach Steve, as always. And with me today is my boy, Coach Jibs. What's going on, Jibs? Ain't much, man. Just got through this first week of the fantasy playoffs, and uh, I thought um, I was in the clear. But um, more COVID news on Monday. I'm sure you're going to get into it. But I just want to wish everyone... Um, Good luck. I know we have a couple more games left. Hopefully you get what you need. I know Hot Take ain't getting what he needs right now with these Browns. But, um, yeah, just uh, don't don't stress it. Like, it was a good year. You played played good. You played bad. But just keep it moving and then learn from your mistakes next year. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, yeah. I've been uh, – I'm doing pretty decent. I think uh, my two biggest money leagues, I am moving to the semis I'm hoping for. So we'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. It's really it's the Tuesday night games are screwing me right now because those are the games I want to play tonight so I can have a under, better understanding. But, yeah, it's what it is. We got Tuesday night football. Obviously, I don't know if we mentioned that when we were here on last Thursday. But, uh, yeah, we're not changing our waiver wire show for that, unfortunately. You know, it's we'll try to talk about some players. If they produce, maybe we'll pick them up. But, you know, we'll kind of kind of go off what we've already known at this point. And all the news we got today, there's a ton of news going out there. So I'll kind of get right into it because – there's a lot to go over today, guys. So I'll start with the top here. News-wise, Teddy Bridgewater suffered a pretty terrible, a gruesome head injury. Uh, he did get released from the hospital today, but it's it's a pretty known fact at this point. Drew Locke is getting the start for Week 16. Maybe that's good for the offense. Maybe it's not. Uh, it can only go one or two ways, so we'll, we'll see how that works. Uh, Sterling Shepard, torn Achilles, out for the season. Basically, just continues to get injured and fortunate for that man because he is good when he's healthy and playing pat firemuth concussion injury his second in the last two months now uh definitely someone of a concern that he probably won't play maybe this coming week so uh adjust yourself for that uh, mike evans is dealing with a hamstring injury his injury is a week-to-week injury but he does have a chance to play hopefully by our thursday show or actually it's going to be wednesday this week we'll know more information about that let's see here let's see uh Chris Godwin, this was the big news today. I'm sure Jibs is feeling this a little bit. I have some Chris Godwin shares, but he is now. Oh, you have no Chris Godwin shares. Okay. Uh, he is out for the season now. ACL injury. I believe it's a torn ACL. And I know they said that it was an ACL, and that was all about it. It was. But he's out for the rest of the season. And real quick, Jibs, on this, because Chris Godwin's a pretty interesting character. He's young. He's in his prime now. But he's a free agent, and he's got coming off a major injury here. Does Chris Godwin's dynasty value scare you moving forward? No, nah, I don't believe so. Like we've seen, he's still a young receiver, and comparatively to like some of the superstars that we have in this league, so I think he still has some time to get right. Even though it might not be next year where he's 100, percent but uh, it doesn't scare me at all. Um, I guess like I I can see where you have concerns, like if he doesn't re up with the Bucks or say Tom Brady finally leaves, then you'll have some issues there. But I'm sure a young quality receiver like that will have suitors and he definitely won't be playing for some bum teams like the Lions. That hopefully is true. I don't think he's going to want to go to the Lions, but 
Yeah, I think we might get into a situation where Chris Godwin's going to be a really good buy low at some point this offseason because right now, torn, torn ACL, I mean, that's at least eight months. That puts you to almost the start of the season. Maybe it's more, This I think it's 10 months or so to fully recover from ACL tear nowadays, which will put him maybe missing maybe parts of next season. Maybe that, you know, whatever contract he does, it's only a one-year contract. So wait and see and wait for a month or two to go by now and see if you can maybe get Chris Cotto on the low. If you're a rebuilding team, see if you can go out and get him for a cheaper deal, or you might want to wait until we find out more as we get close to the season where maybe he's delayed on his recovery time. So that is something to keep in mind. We'll see how it kind of works out, but hopefully the man comes back healthy because he is a fantastic wide receiver for fantasy. So. All right, moving on, guys, here. We have some more things to talk about. Uh, Leonard Fournette, hamstring injury. He's likely out one to two weeks. So we'll get you some more information about that because this is going to be a player we're going to be talking about in a little bit about uh, his possible replacement. Julio Jones had hamstring injury. Uh, I think at this point, Julio isn't going to be the old Julio we know and love for the last decade. It might just be the end of Julio. But for right now, he isn't somebody I'm worrying about. And... Maybe the return of A.J. Brown, which is happening, could help give him a spark that he needs. But don't expect him to be the Julio old at this point. Joe Mixon has suffered an ankle sprain. We'll see how that progresses through the week here. We'll definitely mention some replacement for him. Daniel Jones, done for the year. Elijah Mitchell has a chance to play in Week 16. There was early reports saying that he was out already, but he has a chance to play. And then, obviously, this morning, uh, midday at this point, the COVID news hit. Uh, Austin Eckler, Kendrick Bourne, Travis Kelsey, Jared Goff, all hit COVID reserve at this point now. Um, I don't know what most of their vaccination statuses are, but Kelsey's is. He is vaccinated, and there's a good chance he could get off by Sunday based on the new rules of the COVID situation. So hopefully we won't have to worry about that for week 16 bouts. So we'll get to that. So. But hopefully, just keep on more. Just keep up on the news, guys. That's the big thing. Join Twitter if you're not on Twitter already, and just follow the news because COVID's going to continue to impact this playoff run right now, and you just have to be prepared and pick up the players in advance to get through it. So, all right. So let's move on to the next topic here, Jibs. I threw another one in here, and this one's going to be quick and short here. It's our trustometer. It's playoff time, Jibs, and there are some players that are performing to a high standard right now that we're loving, and some players that aren't. So moving forward over the next two weeks here, your trust one through 10 on these players here. And I'll start first one, Deontay Foreman. He's been RB 18 since week 12. Now you trust him as a starter. You trust playing him. I'll put it at a seven, seven. Okay. I'm probably somewhere around a six. Uh, the splits are kind of concerning, especially if he has a tough matchup and if they're, behind in a game, but I'm at a six. Devin Singletary, RB20 since week 12 now. He carried the workload. Reports are that they trust him as their workhorse back. Do you trust him? Six. Six. Uh, I'm probably about a five. They do play New England, which is a decent matchup. Uh, in week 16, I think they play Atlanta, which could be really good. So probably like a five or six for me. Russell Gage, wide receiver four since week 12. Do you trust Russell Gage? Uh, I, I, I do trust him, but as we've seen with this Falcons offense, it could just go one way one week and completely the other way the next week. So uh, I'll give him a, a solid seven. 
Yeah, I think I'm on a seven too. I think he's seeing enough work. Tajay Sharp just went down, so there's some targets that might open up for him. He's got a great matchup next week. He might be a sleeper possibly for one of us next week, uh, but he does play the Bills, and I think in week 17, so that could be some of a situation, but he does play the slot role, so it might be okay. But seven sounds great. Let's see, moving on. Uh, I'm on St. Brown, wide receiver eight since week 12. I get 10. Okay, we'll get into him at some point too, but yeah, 10 for me, guys. And I think we'll talk about him more on our waiver wire portion of the show. Gabriel Davis, wide receiver 11 since week 12. Uh, I'll put it at eight just because I don't know if Sanders was going to come back and play this week. Obviously, he's kind of, we saw without Sanders how big of a game he could have, especially with the game uh, yesterday. So he's going to be eight depending on Sanders, but I love what I've seen out of the last three weeks out of him. I absolutely agree. I think I'm around eight as well, honestly. I, and I don't want to get too much away because he might be someone I'm going to be talking about a little bit, but he's been playing on a fantastic level, something that I was looking forward to seeing during the preseason of him going into the season, but coming a little later in the year, which could be good for fantasy. So uh, Josh Reynolds, wide receiver 16 since week 12. Without golf, uh, it's going to be a little bit lower, but um, hopefully he can come back. Josh Reynolds, I'll give him a five because I know a lot of his balls, his he gets a lot of downfield targets with his speed. So he knows some of those can be 50 50 at times it could be less than 50 percent but he's been playing exceptionally well i had to give it up to the detroit Lions staff and how they've been utilizing their wide receivers since deandre swift and tj hawkinson with them yes absolutely I, i'm somewhere i think i'm around a five as well here uh, jamal williams did get reactivated so that's definitely some interesting news so we'll see if that impacts him at all but i don't really think so hawkinson being out for the year is definitely the major impact for these wide receivers so I'm about a five or six with him for the rest of the season, these next two weeks. Let's see here. Who else do I have? These are some bad ones now. Ramondre Stevenson, wide receiver, uh, RB60 since week 12. Uh, he was a hot point at one point this season, but do you trust him in lineups moving the, over the next two weeks? He burnt me last week. I don't trust him. You get Even with Damian Harris out, if he's out again. If he's out again, I'll give him a four. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm around a three or two, honestly. I don't really trust it, honestly. There's some tough matchups for me that I'm not I'm not really banking on Ramondre Stevenson to uh, to be a savior for the playoffs. What about Amari Cooper? Wide receiver four, 58. Oh, my God. He gets a four just because of his name, but Dak has been playing brutal. Like, straight brutal. So, like, if I can't trust Dak with the a uh, plethora of weapons they have in that Cowboys offense. It's just hard for me to just kind of trust Cooper to get uh, a fit, efficient yardage on a week to week basis. I agreed. I'm about, I'm about a four on him too, honestly, right now, the targets on, he isn't seeing the number one targets as he was early on in the season at times. It, it's tough for me to trust Cooper in starting lineups. If I don't have to play him, I, I would like that too. About DK Metcalf, wide receiver 70 right now, hasn't played week 12, but if he has another poor performance, uh, are you uh, are you out on him on trust level? Yeah, I'd probably be out of him. Right now, Like given like the state of the Seahawks and what he has done, uh, I'll put him same as Cooper before. He has the name. We'll see what t- tomorrow brings. Like He's basically going to be by himself if Tyler Lockett doesn't get activated, and hopefully he can actually – put on a decent performance but we haven't seen him get any separation any of this any of that he's just been getting eight targets but it's been empty though Agreed. not really Agreed. much to show for 
It's true. It's true. What's up, Kyle, man? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'm probably about a, if, if he has another bad performance, I'm dropping him down at, to at least a four at best. If he has a good game, I'll, I'll be okay with a six because his matchups the next two following weeks are pretty decent. Uh, he just needs to perform at least one game for me to get back into my good graces. And then long last one here, Terry McLaurin, 91 right now, wide receiver over the last, since week 12. Do you trust him? If he has a good game, bad game? Oh, I don't trust him. He's been way inconsistent throughout the season. You'll see two bad games, a good game, a couple more bad games, a good game. It's pretty much do that. He's going to have a good game probably tomorrow, given like his up and down uh, trajectory. But I don't really trust him. It'll be a four for me as well. Yeah, I'm I'm on a four level right now, even a three. If, if I just he's got the same two opponents he's had the last two weeks. If he does well against Philly, he might provide me with some more comfort but if he has another bad game he's playing the exact two teams he's played over the last prior two weeks so yeah it's it's at three or four at best for me honestly and it sucks i love terry mclaurin so all right that was our trust meter some players that people might be asking about so let's get into the waiver wire part of the night here guys and we're gonna do one for each each category here one both for me and jib so i'll give us a little break from jibs from doing two each so uh we'll start with the quarterback jibs who's your quarterback pickup of the week yeah you look through all those guys that are really like lowly rostered and they have terrible matchups like they just stink the house up but um even though he didn't come through for me yet last week i'm gonna go with jimmy g again um the 49ers just blew the, the falcons out of the water yesterday and given the fact that the Jimmy G and the 49ers play the Tennessee Titans next week. They give the six most points to quarterbacks. I think that'll be advantageous for them. But uh, one thing I did look at into was the uh, Tennessee's run defense is pretty damn stout. They give up minimum points to running back. So given the 49ers blueprint to success, run, 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 let Jimmy G kind of manage the game. I think that we're going to have to let him pass a little bit more. They're going to get out of their comfort zone. So I think Jimmy G should have a good game. Okay. All right. I don't hate it at all. He performed decently well this past week here. Hopefully he can kind of continue and because of the tough matchup on the ground, hopefully maybe get a couple of pa- touchdown passes this coming week here. So no, I like that one a lot. Uh, for me guys, I'm with going with Justin Fields. So, and again, even if, if he has a poor game, I'm probably off it off of him. I don't think I can trust him as a, as a pickup and even play him, but if I'm projecting him to have a good game tonight, and if he does have a great game, I mean, he's got to be a number one pickup. The rushing ability by himself, I mentioned last week, is something that just is intriguing in fantasy. We saw a guy like Tyler Huntley go out and just rush the ball and do fantastic that way. And the matchups are great still. Again, he's got, you know, Seattle, which is a decent matchup. He's got the Giants, which are a pretty decent matchup. Uh, the matchup tonight will really dictate on how kind of you view him moving forward. And if he plays well enough, Sign me up as a as my number one quarterback pickup. And a couple other quarterbacks, just kind of mention real quick, guys. I mean, Jared Goff, if he plays, he does have a great matchup against Atlanta. That could be interesting. Uh, Matt Ryan himself, he's still under the 40% mark owned now at this point. He's playing Lions. That could be a decently good play if you're looking. If you're still struggling to find a quarterback, uh, some of these guys, there's some little bit of an option here. And even Tyler Huntley, I mean, if you want to take that risk and pick up Tyler Huntley now, go for it. I don't know if he's going to have a 35-point fantasy day again, but his just like Justin Fields, his rushing ability 
is intriguing. So again, they're pickups, but I think Lamar Jackson's going to play this week, but you never know. So, all right, Jibs, heading over to the RB pickup. Who's your number one RB pickup? Who are you going after this week? First pick, I'm going with Ronald Jones, and I didn't get to watch the whole game, but um, I know Leonard Fournette sustained a hamstring injury. So the Bucks are going to have to turn to Ronald Jones, and I know Giovanni Bernard's also been on the IR, so he's basically their only guy they got. But throughout the season, besides like maybe the first three or four games, the Bucks have been running one running back, and it's been Leonard Fournette giving us all these fantasy points up till now. So now it's Ronald Jones's turn. We seen yesterday he had eight carries, 63 yards, pretty good, almost like eight yards per carry. So being that he's the only guy in town, they just lost Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is hampered up a little bit. Uh, you you would think the uh, Bucks will want to kind of keep a little bit off Tom Brady's uh, back so he doesn't have to do too much. So I know they're going to run the ball, and I'm going with Ronald Jones. I love it. Uh, and he's honestly my number one pickup, too, if I'm going across the board. I'm so glad I picked him up in our Crow League uh, a couple yes. days earlier. It's very thrilled about it. The matchup is – I think it's decent next week. Did you mention the matchup? He will be uh, playing the Carolina Panthers. And that could be on and off. But the biggest thing is Week 17, the New York Jets. That is a matchup I want so badly in my finals to put him in there. So I'm, I'm spending almost everything I have left. They will get Ronald Jones personally. If I if he's out there, spend, spend, spend. Get him on your team because he's going to be great. I'm not scared of Gio Bernard and the passing ability. Ronald Jones will make this work. I think Bruce Aaron said it's Ronald Jones' time to do what Lenny Fournette did last year when Ronald Jones got hurt. And we all know what Lenny Fournette did last year, though in those last few weeks of the regular season, he dominated. So let's go Ronald Jones. I'm glad you picked him up, but uh seems to me that you're like Three people over the roster limit uh, seems a little bit cheating. I can't drop them. I can't drop people. We changed the rules. I can't drop right, anybody. I'm going to put that on my little uh, wish list in the offseason. I'll drop Odell. If you want me to drop Odell right now, I will, man. <laughs> I, I'm not saying nothing. I, I dropped my players before the game started. I just don't know what our commissioner does on the other hand. Hey, I mean, I, the game he got activated on Sunday afternoon. I, I can't help it. So, all right. All right. So let me go over to my number one, my number two waiver wire pickup this week here. And where I'm leaning right now, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go Justin Jackson right now. And it's just because now that Austin Eckler went on the COVID, I don't know his vaccination status. So I don't know if he has an issue or not, but if say, God forbid, Austin Eckler's out, I'm hoping he's not. He does play the Houston Texans this week. And Justin Jackson, over the last few weeks now, he's had 22 carries and over 100 yards combined. He had a great performance this past week with 86 yards on the ground. He actually played more than Austin Eckler did. And again, that could have been partially because Austin Eckler was banged up. But Justin Jackson seems to be finding himself more of a role in this offense here. And he's somebody that if you're, especially for the Austin Austin Eckler owner, I'm going out to pick him up. After Ronald Jones, he's my number two overall for me in terms of running back pickups this week. All right, Jibs, let's head over to. Uh, let me talk about some of the other guys real quick. Duke let me Johnson, see. give give your boy some love. See, I like Duke Johnson, but I'm still nervous about Duke Johnson, guys. So he was. I was going to mention him first. You know, he had a great game. I don't know. Malcolm Brown is supposed to be coming back and practicing this week. I don't know how this all fits in with Duke Johnson. You know, Duke Johnson has always been known as a third down back, but people loved him as a three down back, possibly. They had the Saints next week. 
I mean, Leno Fournette did barely anything against them outside of the receiving work. And I don't think Tua really throws to his running backs all that much. So for me, I mean, you could pick up Duke Johnson, but I don't think I'll be comfortable starting him after one good performance, to be honest. So you could pick him up, but I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, Amir Abdullah, someone in PPR leagues who's seeing the work, who's seeing more work than uh, Hubbard. And they play the, the Bucks, who they the Bucks do let up a lot of receptions to RB. So that could be a benefit to him if you're looking for PPR. Craig Reynolds, you know, I mentioned Craig Reynolds last week, and it was like, don't pick him up. And I'm, I honestly thought someone would come off um, the COVID list or come back, and Craig Reynolds would just kind of disappear. But he didn't. He had a great week once again. He just got signed to the active roster for the rest of the season here. Now, I think it's through 2022, too. I mean, Jamal Williams is coming back off it. I don't know what they're going to do. You could pick Reynolds up, but I don't know if I'm that comfortable starting him unless I'm looking for a desperation play or big upside play because they do play the Falcons. Uh, I mean, I think he's probably third on my list of them in terms of picking him up this week. Uh, you could go out of your way to do it, but I don't know if I'm still there yet. I mean, he's had, he's been good. Nothing wrong against that, but I'm not there. Uh, Gio Bernard, again, you don't know. Maybe he sees some more work. Uh, Devontae Booker. It seems like Saquon, him and Saquon are kind of splitting right now. I don't know what's going on with that. And Booker looked better on Sunday. He did. Dearness Johnson, if he can kind of continue to perform against the Browns with the Browns, I don't know what that game's doing right now. Uh, the Eagles running backs, someone has to come through if Miles Sanders gets hurt again. And then last but not least, Jeff Wilson. I had a big workload, but I don't trust it 100% because they do have a tough matchup. But he's definitely someone, I think he's probably like fourth for me on my list if I'm picking somebody up, but I don't trust him hundred percent because Mitchell could be back. Samuels is in that backfield. So yeah, the running backs are decent pickups this week. That's for sure. But Jones and Justin Jackson are probably the top two guys to go after right now. All right, Jeff, let's head over the wide receivers. Now, my friend, who do you have as your number one wide wide receiver pickup? Mm, it kind of threw me off. I had Amon Ra again, but with this Jared Goff news, it kind of wants me to defer to your boy Gabriel Davis, but uh, he's one of your guys, so I'm going to let you kind of just uh, lead the tempo on that, and I'll just give my Amon Ross that. So, hey, he just keeps putting on the numbers, guys. Like I told you last week, he had two straight games with 12 targets. He had basically – now nah, I'm just going to run it back. So in the last three weeks, he has – no less than uh, 73 receiving yards per game. He has no less than 11 targets per game. He's basically caught eight receptions in the last three games. So that's massive production in PPR scoring. He's given me 24, 15, and another 23-point performance. Like, this guy's a superstar in the making, even though it kind of sounds funny that he plays for the Detroit Lions. Hopefully, Jared Goff can get back and give him these and pepper him with more targets. So uh, I'm still like an Amara, get him on your team, make sure someone else doesn't have him, just in case of all this COVID nonsense going on. And you might even find yourself prepared in case you even need to start him in case one of your wide receivers went down. Block it. I mean, I'm still <laughs> probably the one bead in my pickup this week, honestly. I, I love it. You know, the last time that Groff didn't play, he didn't have a great game, but Hawkinson saw eight targets in that game. They ran wild with DeAndre Swift last time that Jared Goff wasn't playing. So we don't know exactly what Amar St. Brown can do with another wide receiver, but it seems like he's seeing that big workload and he's seeing the targets, which you have sometimes following the targets makes sense. So I, I can't disagree that he's probably a top tier pickup this week, honestly. 
But you're right. Honestly, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about Gabriel Davis because Gabriel Davis is finally doing what I thought Gabriel Davis could do. And he's seeing a big workload. He's seeing it. I mean, he's seeing at least the last two games. He's seen at least seven targets and he's getting touchdowns and he's seeing big red zone opportunities. I'm over the last four weeks now. He has seen. He has seen at least eight targets over the last three three weeks. I'm sorry, not four weeks. Over the last three weeks right now, he's being their red zone threat on this offense. I believe Miles, Emmanuel Sanders, he might not play in this game and coming week in week 16. So Gabriel Davis might have another opportunity to really go out and show his worth. I mean, they play the New England Patriots, who are probably going to try to find a way to lock down Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen needs another reliable target. Cole Beasley's not doing what he did last year, and Sanders is kind of banged up. So why not lean on Gabriel Davis to get the job done? I think that he should be in a workload for the next two weeks, especially in week six, 17, when they play the Falcons. That is something I really want to take advantage of now and go out there and grab because he could be end up being a league winner for us this week. So Gabriel Davis is my, is my guy. So, all right, Jeff, let's, let's mention some other ones real quick here. I think if Antonio Brown's out there, just, just you know, check your waivers. Maybe he's out there. He'd be obviously at a top tier pickup, but I think he is definitely over the 40% mark, but some people might've dropped him with the suspension and everything like that. So just keep him in mind. Um, guys like Tyler, Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, they could see a bigger workload. I don't think I'd trust them, but if you're desperate for wide receivers, those guys could be something. Um, some other desperate plays is like Marquez Callaway, Jalen Guyton. Uh, those can be some real desperate opportunities. If you're looking for something, uh, Donovan's people's Jones kind of falls in that category. A couple other guys that could be star plays are MBS and Alan Lazar. Those guys have been stepping up over the last couple of weeks now, and they play Cleveland and Minnesota, two great matchups for wide receivers. I would have more trust in starting one of them over the next two weeks than some, some, some of these guys that are right now playing really bad. Josh Reynolds, we mentioned him already before on start in the tr- trust meter. He is someone who has been producing just like Amon St. Brown, Laquan Treadwell has been basically the number one guy for the Jaguars, it seems like. And he continued to produce decent outings. They're not great, but if you're looking for 10 points from your flex spot, you'll probably get that for you this week and in the following week, too. I believe the Jags, their matchups, if I'm not mistaken, are decent. I'm trying to remember what they were. They play the Jets in New England. Definitely matchups where they could at least throw, need to throw the ball a little bit. So, uh, yeah, those aren't bad options as well. So. All right, Jibs, let's head over to the tight end positions now. And who's your tight end pickup of the week? Nobody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have two, but um, it's like what, you got. what you're looking for. So, like, if you're looking for, like, a waiver tight end or streaming tight end for, like, two weeks for your fantasy playoff matchups, I would definitely would go to with um, Ricky Sills-Jones. He plays the Cowboys. who give up the 14th most points this week. And then following week, he plays the Eagles, who give up the most production to tight ends. So for a two-week window, I think that would be your guy. Obviously, we have to see if he – the football team and gets through this game and whatever happens with that. But the guy I wanted to highlight for next week would be James O'Shaughnessy. And he led the Jaguars yesterday with 60 yards receiving. Like you just mentioned, the, the, the third wide receiver for the Jaguars just keeps – having massive production throughout the whole season, Agnew, and then now Laquan Treadwell. So note to yourself, get yourself the third wide receiver next year during the draft season. And um, James O'Shaughnessy, like the Jets, 
they give the seven most points to tight ends. You know what the Jets, what the Jaguars are two bad teams. Anything could happen when two bad teams are playing each other. So uh, just given the scenario with the Jaguars and how they just can't get their alpha wide receivers the ball in good situations, I'm going to rather just kind of take my chance with the backup, backup tight end, James O'Shaughnessy. And you take it away, Coach Steve. Yeah, no, definitely two great options there. Man, I mean, this is definitely tough. This 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 last little couple of weeks here because there's no one I really trust. You could maybe see if a guy like Albert O from the Denver Broncos again, he's their backup, so it's a little scary to want to play him. But he is at times this season has done really well uh, for fantasy. I mean, you know, over the last six games, he's had at least three games over 40 yards, and again. That's decent options. And especially with Drew Locke playing, it seems like Drew Locke seems to favor the tight end position over throwing to his wide receivers. So he might be someone this week to go out to get. They do play the Los Angeles chart. No, they, do they, play the, oh, they play the Raiders and the Chargers. Two great matchups for tight ends. So you might be looking at a league winner of a guy who's basically a backup, which is scary to think, but he might end up really helping you win a championship. He uh, definitely could be worth a pickup. Again, if you don't have your starting tight end at this point, you don't have your starting tight end, but he has that upside that we would kind of like. So, All right, uh, let me just name off a few more. Gerald Everett, Cole Komet, TJ Uzama, Bevan Jordan, Ricky Steele-Jones. I don't think you'd even trust Evan Ingram, but he's got a great matchup against Philly next week. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't pick him up, honestly. So, But, yeah, the tight end situation isn't that great, but there's some people that if you're looking for an upside play, they're out there this week for you. So. All right, Jibs, that's the end of our waiver wire segment. And now we're on to the last segment of the night, my friend. Our top five dynasty wide receivers right now, my friend. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to go this time. All right, so name me your top five, and then I'll name my top five, and we'll compare them. I'm going with Justin Jefferson, numero uno. Then I'm going to give it to the old head, even though he's going to probably be 28 by the start of next season. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. He still has Patrick Mahomes attached to him. Third, I'm going to bring in C.D. Lamb. It's like, you know me, like I'm just the age junkie. Following that, Jamar Chase. And the round off the top five. I'm going to go A.J. Brown. I want to put uh, Devontae Adams in there, but I don't know where the hell he's going. They said it's the last dance. He could be tailing along with Rodgers. He end up in some funky situation where he has to get used to another quarterback, but he he's not far off the top uh, five, but I'm going to go Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, CD Lamb, Jamar Chase, and AJ Brown. That's my top five. Okay. Okay. I, I, I love it. Honestly, you went the youth route there. I love it. So I'm looking at Justin Jefferson, number one, of course, Tyreek two, number two. Devontae Adams still, number three. Mine's a little bit older here. Number four could be very tough for a lot of people to understand, but Cooper Cup is number four for me right now. Okay, okay. And number five is CeeDee Lamb. And if it helps, Jamar Chase is six, guys. He's not far off. Uh, him kind of, you know, kind of filling out the last six weeks now, kind of turning off him as a top five option, but he is going to be someone probably by midseason next year who jumps back in my top five. So... Let's see here. We went Jefferson one. We can pretty much understand that. We went Tyreek two here now at this point. So why CD Lamb at three? Well, I think given the scenario of the Cowboys, uh, Cooper just looks like a dog right now. Like 
obviously we talked about in the off season how the Cowboys could kind of just cut his contract, release him, and just take a minimum cat pit or minimum comparatively to the last two years. So I think once Cooper's gone or and and if Gallup leaves because they're both well, Gallup's more of a restricted free agent, and then Cooper's on the book for two years. But once they're two are gone, or once one of them leaves, I think there could be a huge pathway to targets and production for CD lamb. And I don't think Dak's going anywhere, even though he's playing like crap. So that's why I have him three. No, I, I honestly agree with you. I, that's, that's, you know, that's why he's in my top five right now, because he's a young player. He's uber talented. I think at some point they get back to throwing the ball a little bit more. I think they're going to realize they need to throw the ball a little bit more. You know, he's been kind of on and down on terms of the target shares on a week to week basis, but this, he is a tremendous wide receiver, and he can break a big one at any moment. And like you said, either Cooper or I think Gallup leave next year. I don't think they both come back next year on this team here. One of them are gone, whether they get rid of Cooper or they re-sign Gallup or they vice versa, whatever it is. And CeeDee Lamb is going to be this wide receiver one for the next three years, and that's how I look at it. He's going to be a number one wide receiver, and he's going to be good, a really good wide receiver. So he's up there. Um, let's see here. Uh, I guess I'll, you know, I'll kind of explain why Cooper Cup is in my top five. I mean, we all know why Cooper Cup's in my top five. I mean, he is a tremendous wide receiver right now. And the way I look at, you know, dynasties, I always do a three-year window. And I think he's going to be 29 next year. Let me just check into that real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to be 29 next year or is he already 29? I have to look. He's going to be 29. I don't know his, his actual birthday, but listed at 28 right now. Let me just see if I can see his birthday is doesn't say it on the site I'm on, but that's okay. So he's going to be 29 going to next season, at least here. And Cooper cup hasn't really took the trend, the tread of being a wide receiver as much. He started later. He started at 24. So he's only been in the league for five years at this point. And he missed one year due to an injury towards ACL pretty early in the season. So he's still relatively young in terms of the, the amount of you know hits he's been taking as a wide receiver and the upgrade of Matthew Stafford was obviously a clear sign. And I don't expect that. They're not going away. Matthew Stafford's there for another two years at least. And I expect Cooper Cup to be someone at least two more seasons of pure dominant, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think they're getting away from that. I think they could bring back Bob Wood. I think they might actually bring back Odell. I don't think that takes away from his target share. His target share is going to stay at a high level and it, just because he has that connection. And obviously, Matthew Stafford trusts him to the full extent to be there and in terms of dynasty, he's someone that I'm I'm very high on right now, and he needs to be in, in at least the top 10. If you don't like him in your top five, I get it, but he's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver for many folks. And then uh, who's your number five again, Jibs? I'm sorry. Oh, it was A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. So why A.J. Brown in your top top 10? He's been dealing with a lot of injuries over the last two seasons now. I mean, your top five. <laughs> yeah, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, but – the proof's in the pudding, what I've seen over the last two years when the Panthers, I mean, the Titans had Derrick Henry and he wasn't able to amass all that production with like minimum targets per game. So I just like how he kind of from efficiency output, like how he's been so efficient over the last two years. I know he's been injured, but we see like they brought in Julio Jones and he can't even stay on the field. So uh, what happens when AJ Brown is actually the alpha dog in the room with out without like a star-studded um, wide receiver with Julio Jones next to him, so I think he's um, I guess his ceiling. 
I think is higher than um, I'll say Adams and the remainder of the years. That's why. But you know me, I'm an Adams junkie. I, I could easily put him in five, but like he, it's just basically I don't know what's going to happen with Adams. That's why it's EJ Brown over Adams to me. All right, I, I respect it honestly. I, I like I love that take there. Uh, I don't hate it. Again, he comes with a little risk to me, honestly, with injuries. But hopefully Julio – hopefully he can just stay healthy. And he's a guy who sees 150, 150 targets really easily if he's on the field for, say, 17 games. So we'll see how that turns out there. So, But that's going to wrap us up for tonight, guys. That is our top five dynasty wide receivers currently. We're obviously going to get into more dynasty talk in the offseason, so look out for that. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to give you guys a little taste of it as we get closer to the end of the NFL season, the fantasy season. So – uh, we thank you guys for listening. As always, you can always see us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. Ask us any fantasy questions. Ask us any fantasy advice. Maybe you have a team you want us to look over. Let us know. We'll help you out. And if you ever want to give me and Coach Jibs a follow, uh, give us talk to us in personally. Uh, you can do that at Twitter at Coach Stephen P. Hate Contra. Hate Contra. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. 15 playoff run. Hopefully you guys make it so you come back on Wednesday nights. Talk to us about our start and sit show. And if we don't talk to you and you don't see us, then guys, have a happy holidays and we'll see you for the back is not far the rest of the season. So we got take a care, guys. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack, I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go!